walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring. And uh, look, it's 2022. We're heading towards 2023. You guys might have thought you were out of lockdown, but <laughs> we're. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking terrible. Lockdown 2006, TNA. That's what we're talking about today, all right? But yeah, I mean, what? Lots, lots going on with this show. You might be wondering, you might be a first time listener, and you're like, Hardest part of the ring. Why are you covering this show? And me myself, I mean personally, I'm I'm steady trying to find the motive. You know why I do what I do. Right? You know, the freedom ain't getting no closer. No matter how far I go. So that's just kind of my take on it. But yes, lockdown 2006. Lots going on on this show. You got uh, obviously every match is uh, it takes place in the six sides of steel. This is the uh, the second lockdown of TNA's history. You might remember uh, their 2005 edition, which is uh, known for uh, unfortunately Chris Candido's last match. Not a lot else happened. I mean the Abyss. AJ Styles match is a classic. Otherwise, the first lockdown was kind of a dud. Uh, and we kind of talk about in the podcast some changes they made, but also some changes that they probably should have made, you know, in response to how the first years went. But uh, we get into all that. But a lot of good stuff. I'll, blanket statement here. This lockdown way better than 2005. And for a variety of reasons. I mean, you just look at the card. We got um, Samoa Joe versus Sabu, which is a crazy match that doesn't feel like happened, but it did inside a cage. You got um, the, some World Cup matches, some international flavor to this show. We're in the mix in the midst of uh, TNA's World Cup tournament here, and you get a little, little preview of that. And some uh, some Japanese names pop up that um, you might recognize some young boy versions of some very prominent New Japan wrestlers. Um, you got up top, you got Christian versus Abyss. Christian defending the NWA world title and the feud and the build up <laughs> to this match. I mean, the match is great, but the build up is 
actually insane. If you if you're not familiar with this feud, trust me, you're gonna want to hear about it. Um, people getting drowned in pools and people's hair getting sniffed. Just a little tease right there. Just a little taste of what you'll get into. We also get the debut of Lethal Lockdown, which is uh, the traditional cage match. It's a war game style match, but then the roof drops down. There's weapons. There's bats. There's just there's dildos. Um, it's a lot of that happening. So that the, the the debut of Lethal Lockdown. Also, we get a few debuts of uh, debuts and returns of certain performers. Most notably, of course, finally debuting to TNA. Everyone's been awaiting it. You listening, you're like, man, hardest part of the ring. Can you just get to the part where this person debuts? Like nothing else really matters until they get there. Of course, I'm talking about Christy Hemi making her debut on this show. Um, You know, you also got Loki coming back and Raven pops up and Stuff like that. But yeah, that's, you know, it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, this show is full of your TNA-isms that you love to, to love to hear about. Lots to get into. But first, let me go ahead and give a shout out to my guest on this episode. Vince from uh, the Straight Talk podcast, Smackin' It Raw podcast, Spitter Swallow. Um, I think he has a Chatterbait channel as well. He, he has a lot of irons in the fire this Vicente Delgado, but go check out Vince. Um, you might know him from the Smackin' It Raw. I've had the Smackin' It Raw uh, folks on this podcast before. Matt Ritter, Katie Kinsey Bay Bay. Now we got the uh, the Holy Trinity are now uh, apron bumpers. <laughs> they could put that on their resume. Um, but yes, go check out Vince. SCS Vince on the social medias. All the all the various podcasts that Vince is affiliated with in the description below. As always, go check him out. He's a good boy. Go check out all those podcasts. They they cover Smackin' It Raw, of course. They do kind of like a weekly roundup of wrestling, but in a very entertaining and erotic fashion. You got straight talk. Vince talks a lot about the the, the, the hoops. You know, the hoopers, like the um, Space Jam and all that. And uh, talks wrestling on there as well. And then you got Spitter Swallow, which is... Uh, also under the Creation World banner, along with Smackin' It Raw, you know, they do uh, reviews of pay-per-views and stuff like that. So go check out all the entertaining shows. Vince is a is a sweet, sweet, delicious boy. And yeah, if you like this type of episode, by the way, you're like, well, gosh darn. I don't really listen to a lot of TNA reviews from back in the day. Well, I got you covered. Go to apronbump.com. You can find all my full episodes there, as long as all my social medias, all the merch. But you can also go to the episodes tab at the top, and you can select any era or promotion that tickles your fancy. You can select TNA, and that'll bring you to all of my TNA reviews that I've done thus far, starting all the way from their first three-hour pay-per-view, Victory Road 2004. Chronologically worked my way up until now, Lockdown 06. So go do that. Follow me on everything, you know, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that stuff. Do it. I'll wait. You done? All right. <laughs> Let's get to it. TNA Lockdown 2006 with myself and the Pornhub Poppy himself, 
Vince from smacking it raw, straight talk, and you know, like from before, you remember all this stuff that I mentioned. He's from he's from all those things. But it also reminds me that I suck on a daily basis. Well, who gave it to you is the question. Well, it can't, it, I bought it myself. Man, so, so it was a gift to myself. It was uh, from one of those uh, WWE slime crates. Oh, the ones that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't intentionally buy it with the idea. Let me go buy myself a mug that tells me on a daily basis that I suck. But mm. it just it, it was a gift from the world, essentially. So it was fate. Fate and the, the <laughs> Mother Nature told you that you suck. That's that's good to hear. Yeah, it's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, it's good to know. It's you know, not enough it's that not, you, have, you, know, <laughs> you have you know, your, your co-host on your podcast do enough bullying of you, and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm off the podcast now. I can just enjoy my life. Oh, here's a you suck mug. Just yeah, from yeah, yeah. The world. That's good. <laughs> That's what, what you, you always want to hear. Uh fantastic, man. Yeah, I look forward to it every morning. <laughs> if you set the bar low you can only go up from there exactly there say. you go there you go you get me you get me, you get me <laughs> uh i'm recording by the way just so you know, yes. I know there's a countdown um just want to let you know in case you were going on a racial tirade anytime soon oh uh, no 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 no! i i i stopped those in my youth yeah yeah <laughs> yeah about a couple weeks ago right yeah right before i hit 30 so that was like what like june so I've been a few oh, nice. months clean. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Now. Yeah, your 20s are, that's what your 20s are for, is working out the kinks and the chinks. But speaking of which, we got lockdown. Yes. <laughs> a lot, lot of uh, nationality warfare on this show. So you got a chance to uh, check out lockdown? Yeah, it was a pretty good show. Uh, it was the first actual Impact slash TNA show that I've watched since really? Bound for Glory here in Chicago. Like, who knows how long ago. Right before the pandemic. Oh, okay. So were so, you watching like during the TNA days? Sporadically here and there. So mm-hmm. like, like I knew some of these like wrestlers and characters and like it was a thing. So I, I knew Eric Young and Robert Roode were like part of Team Canada with uh, mm-hmm. Petey Williams. So I knew some of that. It's just it's jarring and weird to see Eric Young as a blonde. You know, oh, I mean, with hair in general, <laughs> yeah, with right? hair as a blonde man, like that's just so weird. Yeah, like, uh, but no, no, it was, it was, it was a good show. I, I, I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. They really locked me down for the whole show. I mean, that's that's what you're paying to see. <laughs> so they didn't lie, I guess. Um, I will say, I went ahead and paid for a YouTube premium just because I got tired of like the ads throughout Bro. the pay per view. <laughs> so I, I I almost watched it on YouTube, but I was like, oh god damn, I'm gonna have ads and stuff. So actually, I, I do have Impact Plus, right? Uh, mainly because I watch like all the impacts and stuff in between. So I mm-hmm. at least I think I get my bang for my buck as far as that goes. But um, no ads, thankfully, on that. But yeah, I, <laughs> I don't blame you. I got no time for ads nowadays. No, no, no. Uh, honestly, no. But the YouTube system was very fant- fantastic when it came to like matches. Like you uh-huh. can actually went ahead and, and go and pick a certain match. So I was more interested in like the Joe Sabu match. So I didn't watch the pay-per-view in order. I just went straight to the <laughs> Sabu Joe match. And then I'm uh-huh. like, let me start the pay-per-view from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Start off. Uh, I don't know if that's hot. I mean, looking at the car, I'm trying to figure out where that ranks among all the matches. I mean, I would say, that, like you said, I think the show in general was really good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this is only the second lockdown pay per view they've done, and um, they've they've learned they they've worked out a few issues that they had in the first one. But um, I guess to start off, what do you what do you think about the general concept of lockdown? Every match in a in a cage. So it's cool in theory, because and it's funny enough because I've actually had like that kind of pay per view concept in like my universe mode in WWE like right. 2K whatever. And in concept, it sounds fun because it's like it's just a bunch of cage matches. This is cool. But after a certain time, like after a certain match, it just kind of gets redundant. And I feel like once you get to the main events, once you get to like the the NWA world title match with Christian and Abyss, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I've already seen this this exact cage match like five times already. And mm-hmm. with a bunch of different people. Like it loses its like seriousness i guess i'm not sure what vocabulary i was like what word in my vocabulary I'm yes to... it's not as special by the time you get to the yes the main yes event. you know it's 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 kind of like you know if you spend all day you know just like having anal and then and then as you at do. the end of the evening you're with your significant other it's like hey let's try anal i'm like well i've already tried anal with a bunch of different partners all yeah. evening you know, so by the time your significant other wants to try it, it's like, okay, we'll do it. But it's like, I've already done it. You're not into it. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. still into it, just not as much. Like, it's not as yeah. exciting, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, they, they, with uh, with porn, I feel like that's a legit thing. You know, you're watching all this Pornhub stuff with pissing and anal beads and prolapsed assholes. And then you, you go and have missionary with your gal. And it's like, man, this is. It's not what I paid for, you know. No, no, not whatsoever. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get a uh, rock solid when there's yeah. no uh, black, you know, twelve foot schlong fucking your girl in front of you. So there you but, go. You know, this is how it, kinks start. You start looking it? for other avenues to like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. Gotta yeah, do. man. Uh, but speaking of kinks. So we got uh, speaking of black, actually. So the one of the uh, the uh, issues from 2005. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. Um, okay. I guess first of all, let me ask you this: Have you seen a cage match or anything cage like live? I'm trying to. Uh, yeah, actually, I think the last cage style match was War Games Chicago here uh, when uh, it was the, it was the last one they did here, the last War Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I saw War Games here. Nice. I have never seen a Hell in a Cell match, but I've seen steel cage matches before. Yeah, yeah. I actually just saw my first cage match uh, recently. It was the Lashley almost match that was on Raw oh. a few weeks oh, ago. So you, you you went to that. You you enjoyed yeah. that masterpiece of a five star classic. Oh man, I I remember every second of it. Let me tell you, it's gonna be ingrained in my mind forever. I mean, black schlongs, you know, right there. You know, you got two of the biggest ones probably point. in the ro- in the locker room. Man, <laughs> for some reason, Lashley doesn't strike me as a guy with a huge, like definitely bigger than mine. But as far as like that genre, I don't know if he's uh, the top BBC on the roster. Who do you think is top BBC on the roster? I mean, almost definitely got to be up there. I mean, he's tall and kind of lanky. Mm-hmm. Um, just his face. You know when you see a guy's face and you're like, that guy's a big piece. Um, yeah. but does he know how to use it? Like sometimes, sometimes guys can have a big piece. 
Mm. But it's too much of a piece for them to use. Like the the overwhelming sheer force and mass of it all. Just it's like they just go hammer it down, you know. Mm-hmm. Or so yeah. I've been told. I, I would not have. Hey, personal don't be humble. We experience. all know you're. We all know you're packing. <laughs> we all know it. They don't call you Daddy Delgado for nothing. I mean, they got to call me that for some reason. Like I'm trying to get them to call me Pornhub Poppy permanently, but apparently I have to fight for that honor. Yeah. Uh, can't let Katie have a bigger penis than you, dude. <laughs> yeah, I can't let Katie have a bigger penis than me. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the only way, I think the only fair way is just like whip it out and just start measuring, like half mad, like get like the measuring tape and just measuring all the all the centimeters and everything, and I'll yeah. make sure we all actually figure that out. Yeah, all the centimeters, like down to the very last one. Turns is... the biggest BBC in the locker room. Like, <laughs> I think all I think that's what... got to be. Who else is there? Are, well, there's Sheldon Benjamin. There's Cedric yeah. Alexander. There's the Street Profits. Mm-hmm. Montana. My money. My money's. Nice my money's on r truth. I feel like r truth's got a got a hammer. His probably smells great. I don't know why, but that's the first <laughs> thought, thought that I. Um. I mean, it stood the test of time. I'm, I mean, everything I mean, else I has. S- so exactly. So imagine. The A1 quality of that schlong. Well, A1 was on this show and it wasn't very quality, but I see what your point is. Yes, yes. Um, so was our truth actually. But my point was <laughs> before, now, now we're taking the BBC's the entire time, but yeah. Um, they chit, but in 2005, the cage was silver, like just a regular metal. And I think yes. that really made it less visible. Well, like mm-hmm. it just made it like kind of hard to see for the live crowd. And I think the energy suffered. In 2005, because of that, and I noticed in, two th- in this show, the cage is now black. Like you don't, you can almost like not see it. <laughs> like you can see like the bars, but you can't really mm-hmm. see the mesh if it's like at the right angle. So I think that definitely helped the show, and that's why I was asking, like, if you've seen any cage matches live, had you had you ever seen any, or had you ha- ever had any issues with visibility and watching a cage match? Sometimes yes, because WWE usually does go with like that silver steel colored style cage, mm-hmm. and. Oftentimes, I did find myself looking at like the Titan Tron, like the giant Tron, like in the middle. Yeah. And you're just trying to like watch some of it. But like, I was high enough so I can see above inside the cage. So, like, that nice. helps too. Nice. So, it's, it's, all, it's all about perspective. That's yeah. why I didn't want to go to Hell in a Cell when it was here in Chicago because I knew it was going to be that ginormous, bright red ass. Oh, that's got to be brutal. I am not trying to experience that. That's yeah. my whole thing. <laughs> I'm not trying to experience how, <laughs> how that would mystique. be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so we opened the show up. Of course, every match is a cage match, and this one's no different. We got a six-man tag team match. So we are uh, we are amidst the World Cup, World X Cup season. So is where you're going to see a lot of international flavor on these shows, and this is kind of like a preview of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we got Team Japan versus Team America. Japan is represented by Black Tiger, Minoru Tanaka, and Hiroki Goto versus... That was that was a treat to see young boy <laughs> yeah. Goto. Oh, he my was, God. I I couldn't tell it was him until he started walking. Like, he has that... He has, like, a distinct walk, I guess. And he... Like, today, yeah. he carries around that... It's not a staff, but it's, like, something he, like, carries around and he walks with it. And mm-hmm. in this case, he had like the Japanese flag. So it's like, oh, yeah, I could definitely <laughs> see him. Yeah, yeah. So, so like it all like lined up, you know, like you got your detective still skills going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I tried. When um, I saw Minoru, like on the match card, I thought it was Minoru Suzuki. I thought the like, same thing. I was I was like, like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and I'm like, 
that's not the Minoru I thought they were giving me. Uh, but he was a good Minoru. I've never heard of him. But uh, he was good. Yeah, I guess he was big in like all Japan and Noah, and he kind of bounced around. I think he still wrestles from time to time. But um, I think all these guys do, really. Yeah, I think everyone in this match still you wrestles this occasionally. Do you know Whoa. who Black Tiger is? Eddie Guerrero? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, that's Tiger Mask. Yeah. No, uh, no, Eddie Guerrero was Black Tiger. They're, so th- this in this match right here, this is the fourth Black Tiger. I think Eddie was like two or three or something. So when I was listening to commentary, they're like, they were, I thought it was the same wrestler, but apparently Black Tiger is like the nemesis of Tiger Mask. Right. And that's who Eddie was, was Tiger Mask, I think. Are you sure? I think... I no, he was Black Tiger. He was Black Tiger. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm pretty but I sure confuse he's Black them. Tiger. But I confuse yeah. them. It's it's kind of like uh, the Crimson Chin and the Nega Chin. They're like so similar. Mega or uh, who the hell's the Mega Chin? The Nega Chin, like oh, negative. Yeah, easy. As in ne- that, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a he is chin. Black Tiger, I guess. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> man, this is uh, this is my last episode, I think. But um, Black Tiger here. It's actually Rocky Romero. So, uh, no way. A, a future best friend here in Rocky or, uh, Rapunzel oh my Vice. God. No wonder that match was fantastic. I love me some Rocky. Oh, he's the best man. Yeah. With Goto and Tanaka in there. Definitely mm-hmm. a, uh, a good, a good little dollop of Japanese wrestling and, uh, the U S side of the coin. Also very talented. We got Alex Shelley, Jay lethal and Sanjay Dutt. So I feel like we've seen like most of these guys on AEW in the past couple months. Um, we have. Uh, this is <laughs> actually my very first Sanjay Dutch Dutt match. I've never actually seen the man wrestle. Really? Or if he ha- if he has, I, I I just was never paying attention. What were your thoughts? To the man. What were your thoughts on the Dutt? Uh, he wasn't a dud. He he, he was all right in the ring. He, he was yeah. solid. Uh, Alex Shelley was the one that really stood out for me on Team USA side, but I was more impressed with Team Japan. For obvious yeah. reasons. No, they just it had was, more character. Yeah, it was definitely like um because it wasn't like a super long match, it was just an opening match, but I think mm-hmm. everybody had their uh opportunity. I think the team USA side, they had a lot of good like double team moves. Like there was one point where like Jay Lethal has one of the guys up in like a like a wheelbarrow position, and then uh Shelly hits a lung blower, and then Dutt comes off with a moonsault as they're both holding him. So like little stuff like that was fun to see, and then obviously like the Japanese side that Minoru, like like you, I didn't really know who he was, but the, some of these kicks this guy was throwing yeah. were nasty. Jesus. So um, and of course, babyface Goto with I don't think he I don't even know if he had facial hair. He was definitely came out with the, <laughs> the black, the young boy he had, here. He had as much facial hair as I'm able to muster in my 30 years <laughs> of existence. <laughs> he probably had like slightly more, like his mustache was barely coming in, like as yeah. like mine was. Yeah. We all, we all go there, man. Yeah. But um yeah, Goto with his black trunks, black boots, short hair. Because um, now he has like the like really intricate shorts and the boots yeah, and the jacket and, like the and all that stuff. He's just a guy, but um, he's, he's you could definitely see. He the didn't have any. Uh, he didn't have any virtual currency to go get himself some <laughs> some wrestling gear yeah. or like entrance music like that. That that to me just like. <laughs> Like the whole concept of like just keeping the in the New Japan Young Boys or like mm-hmm. like all like just in black gear, you gotta earn. It's your just gear, very man. interesting to me. Wait, what? <laughs> I said you gotta earn your gear, man. Yeah, like you said, you gotta get that <laughs> yeah. DC. 
Yeah, you gotta get that VC. <laughs> so yeah. that that's that's pretty funny to me. Um, but this is part of his excursion, which was which was great to like be a part of. You know, like this is yeah. like he, he was. Uh, they mentioned it on commentaries. Like he's on excursion right now from New Japan for wrestling, and mm-hmm. I like that concept of New Japan, where like they introduce him as a young boy. You uh, you get to know them. You get to know that they're a solid wrestler. Then they send them off. I'm like, go on and explore the world. Kind of like when they go off to college. They come back. They're a completely different man, different individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that aspect of it. You know, without without that whole excursion like concept and uh, and uh, what you call it, yeah. And uh, in New Japan, you you we wouldn't have gotten like Naito doing like the whole tranquilo shit if he didn't go to like mm-hmm. um, go to Mexico and like team up with uh, Andrade and Rush. Yeah, and I think this time period you got like I think Okada comes in at some point. It might even be soon after this. Um, but wasn't he like the Green Cricket or something? <laughs> that sounds like a slur. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, not going to confirm. No, no. He, he was like he was like this mat. He had like a mask on. It was like the Green like <laughs> Cricket or like the Grasshopper or like I hope so. something like that. Like he, he like we got to Google that. I'll, I'll Google that real quick. <laughs> Please, the people have to know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a fun match here. He got a lot of, you know, fast paced action. There's one point where like everybody on team USA, like Shelly goes up for a frog splash and then Jay lethal hits a German for a two count. And then Sanjay Dutt follows up with the standing shooting star for a two count. So they got a lot of offense in, in a short amount of time. And then Japan was being Japan, as you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. they ultimately win because, um, an underlying story here. Cause Alex Shelley is, a heel at this point. He's kind of in cahoots with Jeff Jarrett and that whole faction, but he's, he was cooperating with lethal and Dutt throughout this match until the end where Shelly goes for a super kick on, uh, one of the guys, I think black tiger, but he ducks and Shelly accidentally super kicks Dutt. And then, uh, a tiger suplex from black tiger to Jay lethal gets the win for team Japan. So, uh, Japan gets the win here. And, uh, yeah. Any other, th- any other thoughts on this one? Uh yeah, shout out to Team Mexico for coming in and being the sexy distraction yes. of the match. Ooh yeah, we got uh so we, yeah you're right. Team Mexico comes out I guess to scout both yeah. these teams and currently the team. <laughs> I had no idea who I, any of those wrestlers. You were don't know who Shocker is? <laughs> Wait, Shocker was there from the McDonald's commercial. You don't know him? No, no, no neither, I, neither does anybody I, else. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> they made such a big so Shocker uh, was. A, they tried to make him a big deal like a year before this. He like mm-hmm. debuted. He, they did the whole thing where he comes in in a mask and then he dramatically unmasks and then he's like in the middle of the ring and everybody's like, the fuck is this guy? And then and they tried like putting him in title matches, but nobody cared. So now he's a heel, I guess, a handsome mm-hmm. heel leading Team Mexico. So and I think he has yeah. Puma and Magno with him. We see Puma later in the show. So I'm a little bit familiar with him. But I'm not not sure of the Magno. Uh, no. Sounds like an edible condom to me, but <laughs> an edible condom. You would yeah. know, right? Is that on your lines of expertise? Yeah, I mean, it saves uh, trash space if you just uh, consume it, right? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So you, you, Team Mexico, if you, uh, I don't know, say today you had to put together a Team Mexico, uh, who do you think you would put together? Okay, uh, well, my question to you is, like, where's my draft pool from? Can I draft from anywhere in the world, or can I just, like, does it have to be from TNA right now? <laughs> like, uh, or Impact? No, no. I don't even know if they have any Mexicans over there. Uh, yeah, anywhere in the I'm world. I'm sure Hernandez sure. is on there. <laughs> sure, yeah, Hernandez he's, he's, is on he there. He pops it every couple months, yeah. You're right. Yeah. 
But do you want Hernandez on your team? 2022 Hernandez. He still looks like a cool guy. He looks like a cool Mexican uncle that'll give you a beer when your your dad's not looking. (laughs) He's definitely the most jacked guy at the barbecue, Hernandez. Yes, yes. Uh, Supermax, man. Supermax Hernandez. (laughs) I can't do the whistle thing. Yeah, I can't do it either. Uh, I can't do it either. So it's okay. Not Mexican. So like, Mm, that should make you feel better. Like, I can't do the Mexican whistle. Uh, But yeah, uh, just from anywhere in general? Like, yeah. Anywhere. Okay. Well, if I, how many members do I get? Like three or four? Three or four, depending on how, how, how many you want. Okay. Well, I feel like, let me take a little bit from, uh, let me start with AEW. And I feel like I had to go ahead and scoop up the Lucha Brothers. So okay. they're coming with me. Uh, at least Penta for now. I got to get Rey Mysterio. It can't be Team Mexico without Rey Mysterio, regardless mm. of how much other people may question his, his uh, abilities as a father. As a professional wrestler, he's uh, very solid. He's uh-huh. a, he has experience as a tag team wrestler as well. Uh, so okay, so I'm taking Penta, I'm taking Rey Mysterio, and I'm gonna go ahead and take Dominic. Give me and- Andrade. Give me Andrade as well. El you, don't, you don't want the Dominic of the Judgment Day? No, no, I don't want to separate him from your Ripley. You know, they they have such yeah, a close that's a good point, actually. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to do that. that way. And then, uh, last but not least, I think the fourth spot's gotta go. Has got to go to Sinkara. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> man, I, I was expecting Legato. Um, who else? It's uh, <laughs> about it, right? I think it's all of them. It's uh, well, Angel Garza. So, so uh, yeah, no, that's so okay. So no, no, all, you already picked some car. You can't go back. No, no, no. I'm not going back. He's your uh, guy. It's it's Gata. That's why I picked Sinkata. He's my Chase Owens. He's, oh. he's my fall guy. He's your Chase so, Owens. <laughs> he's my Chase Owens. That's you need a you need that on your team. So yeah, I'm not that. trying to make the team overpowered. I'm trying to actually like make I it balanced. Yeah. So like I'm allowing the Booker if he needs to like have Team Mexico Team Mexico put someone over. Mm-hmm. It'll be seen kind of taking the pin. Um, okay, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean I'm Can Filipino, you... so like, yeah, what I have TJP and Shanti Blackheart, Batista, Shanti Blackheart, Batista. You don't uh, have to take TJP if you don't want to. He's country. Yeah, but like, who else is there? You know, like, uh, call in if you have another Filipino. Where's Justin? <laughs> where's Justin? <laughs> where's, you know what? Just... I'll add Justin to my team. <laughs> there He's you the go. One. You know what? Just just make the Getcho podcast <laughs> your team. Your team yeah, Filipino. Charlie could be our Mr. Fuji of the Filipino team. Yes. Okay. So you get Garn, Charlie, Justin, and Batista, and you call it a day. There we or go. You substitute, or you substitute Garn with Shotzi. And then- this is like when uh, when Doink had a Survivor Series team, and it was just four miniature Doinks as his team. Oh. That's kind of like the vibe we got going here. But I love it. I love it. I'm all for it. <laughs> Every once in a while, you just pick up a you suck, and I get a little mad for a second. Um, but we got Team 3D backstage with Jeremy yes. Borash. And uh, later in the show, they have a anthem match, a capture the flag anthem match against Team Canada. And uh, they're cutting this promo. They're going off because like they had been attacked by Team Canada on impact and buried in their Canadian flag. And uh, Bubba's going off. He's like, I'd rather go back to that miserable company in Stanford than listen to the Canadian anthem. 
So very subtle. I took offense to that because I'm a fan of the Canadian national anthem. I think it's very beautiful. It's majestic. Hmm. I have nothing to say about my Canadian brothers because they are fantastic people. Americans suck, though. So, so I was on Team Canada side. Also, I'm Mexican. So, like, just because I, I'm uh, I reside in the United States does not necessarily mean I side mm. with the with the American squad at all times. It just really depends on who's on the team. And because I don't fuck with Team 3D, mm. mostly Bubba or a bully, <laughs> uh, I love Reverend Devon, though. Reverend Devon can do no wrong. Oh, of you course. Know? He's the only religious figure that I trust with children. And (laughs) no, he's not going to pick criteria. (laughs) How's it not my next question? (laughs) Uh, It's twin telepathy, you know, like, because I always tell Justin that uh, since he's Filipino as well, I always say that he's Latino adjacent or he's Mexican adjacent. So I'd like to believe you're also Latino adjacent, Kyle. Yeah, we're basically the Mexicans of Asia. Exactly. And we're the Mexicans of Mexico. Some, Some say that. Some say to be debatable. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) To each his own. You know, everyone has their own opinions. Speaking of uh, vague nationalities. So we got uh, Christopher Daniels in this next match. against a mystery opponent. Yeah. Who's his opponent? Vicente. Caval. (laughs) Wait, no. Loki. No, wait. Senshi. No, I think Michelle McCool and Layla were out here with him. So. It must be yeah, Caval. Yeah. It must I forget. Caval. I forget Caval is a thing. It's crazy no, to me that he was. I never forget Caval because <laughs> I thought it was like the funniest thing ever. This dude's trying to be like this serious, tough, badass dude, and he's out here with late cool and shit. Being coming coaches. out to their music. You're not enough for me. <laughs> I would say that was the best theme song he's ever had in his career. Yeah, I mean it's better than this. The stock Japanese music that they threw for his theme song. But yeah, Senshi here, uh, returning to TNA. He's been gone for a few years, but now he's back with a different name. And they at least acknowledge that it's Loki. They're not pretending like it's a completely different right. guy, which is fun. They try to give an explanation for the name change. Uh, it yeah. wasn't a good one, but. Well, know. I mean, to your point, like he went off to Japan, kind of developed a style over there. And now he's back with a Japanese name. Senshi is Japanese for warrior, apparently. So they at least tried to have some cohesion there. Which one is worse? Loki going to Japan and saying, like, I have Japanese warrior in me, so call me Senshi. Or Prince Albert going to New Japan and coming back as Lord Tenzai. (laughs) (laughs) Who did it worse? uh, Senshi doesn't have the Hakushi uh japanese tattoos on his face here so but it I'm made him like such a badass until he, he became made, sweet made, tea i like sweet tea though it showed me that he had a softer side he's not yeah, just some menacing like figure that just pounds you in the ring you know he's he's willing to seduce you in a sexy lingerie can you not seduce and pound at the same time that's that's true but sometimes you want to seduce into the pounding wise words yeah, yeah. I'm all about foreplay, as it's been confirmed to be canon on the Smack and Raw podcast. I mean, you you do foreplay while you're on air, as I've as I've heard. So I can nor I cannot confirm nor deny that. You're just gonna have to tune in on the stream every Friday. That's a and sell. That's how you sell a podcast. <laughs> will Will Vince get jerked off? Will he not? What lotion will he use? Find out on the next exciting episode of Smack the Rock. <laughs> Wonderful. Podcast. It's on brand, if nothing else. 
Yeah, levels. yeah, for sure. Actually, for it's sure. not because it's not raw. It's with lotion. Does lotion make it not raw? That's, no, that's, I, that's the question. Remind me to ask Matt. I have to ask Matt. I have to put yeah, it on the notes. So, like, does lotion make it not raw? He's probably listening. Hey, Matt, does lotion make it not raw? Okay. Um, but speaking of raw, speaking of lotion, speaking of pounding, we got Senshi versus Christopher Daniels, former former Triple X partners. Yeah, oh, man, this all just ties together, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Loki. I guess he was X Division champion, like in the early days, tag team champion with Christopher Daniels. Mm-hmm. So they got a. Uh, some backstory here with each other. And uh, the match itself was good. You got uh, Senshi out here with his patented, you know, his kicks, his Mongolian chops, his the double stomps. He would go, ah! and then stomp his opponent. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, anything else <laughs> stick out to you in this match? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very disappointed that Senshi didn't come out in a full-on suit to wrestle. Like, I thought that was, like, his best gear choice. Hitman. Um, like really make him feel like he's like a Street Fighter character, like because I feel like that's what Senshi went for in his entire wrestling career. It's like I'm a Street Fighter character, or uh, what's what's that other fighting game? I forget what it's called. It's not Mortal Kombat. It's Tekken. It's, Tekken. Yeah, there you go. Mm. He's trying to be a Tekken character. Yeah, he's he's one come to life. Yeah, that's for sure. So like, I'm I'm disappointed we didn't see him in the clean, like in the smashing suit. You know, like. Very dap. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. settle for the the uh, Nike shorts or whatever the hell. Probably champion shorts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> champion shorts. <laughs> I almost wore a champion hoodie, but I'm like, no. Man, now I'm mean, disappointed. It's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll wear it on Friday. Just tune into the live stream. Man. And then I'll it take it off. can't miss. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> How many times do I gotta ask? Yeah, but I'll have a shirt underneath. So it's, it's still a teaser. Oh, okay. Still not the full thing. Yeah. You can't well, just give it away. That's why you got to keep man. listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long term storytelling. Yeah, you got to build it up. It's a cres- uh, crescendo. Crescendo Daniels. Uh, so in this match here, they finally used the cage. I feel like the first match, they didn't really use the cage at all. No. But I guess, you know, you got to kind of spread it out. You know, you can't have everybody doing the cheese grater spot mm-hmm. on the cage, I guess. To that point, I mean, we were kind of talking about it earlier. I think they did uh, an okay job at like not being too redundant with the spots. Um, for the most part, I think. Uh, but at one point, they're both like on the top rope fighting. Uh, Christopher Daniels goes for an angel's wings off the top rope. But uh, Loki or Senshi fights out, goes for a double stomp off the top rope, but misses. Daniels hits a flatliner and then goes for the angel's wings, wings again. But Loki counters it, backdrops him into a pin with the arms hooked and puts his feet on the ropes. And that gives Senshi the win. So winning on his return match here. And Fantastic. Uh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Anything else on this one? No, it just uh, I, I was just interested to, to know that they actually had history together as a team. So I will say that uh, up until this point, the commentary team had done a great job of like letting me know the significance of this match. And even prior to like uh, it, like in the six-man tag match the Mm -hmm. the feud or like infighting between alex shelley and the rest of his team so like i even though i didn't know anything of the story going into any of these matches the commentary team did a fantastic job of trying to paint a picture as to why this match is happening and why the intensity from senshi aside from his normal just always being intense in the ring but there was a meaning behind it this time so 
I liked it. It was a good match. Uh, I'm, and I'm not a big uh, Christopher Daniels guy. So, like, uh, I'm not, like, mm-hmm. over the moon. I think, like, my favorite match of his was against uh, Stephen Amell in, at All Out. I mean, All In. <laughs> I think that I was, that like, happened. his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was their live. You know, it was it was it was the best match of his entire career. Okay. Uh, but yeah, okay. so it was it was a good match. It was a good match. He still looks like a porn star to me. So Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels. Looks, yeah, he's always looks like a porn star to me. Like, hmm. I mean, I guess he's got kind of Johnny Sins vibes to him a little bit. I guess it's uh, it's it's like the the eyeliner, and then mm. like the tattoo. It just makes him feel like he failed at his go-to profession and he's like let me just stick my dick in people and make money out of it i mean nowadays that's a pretty uh, foolproof way to go yeah. about it yeah so he was a uh, he was ahead of the curve he was so a trailblazer he was a trendsetter he was uh yes yeah, so you're saying this tattoo is like a target of yeah. sorts yeah i get it i get it speaking of speaking of cum shots we got an arm wrestling match <laughs> up next in a steel cage a steel cage arm wrestling match oh my god fantastic between conan and bullet bob armstrong the uh so this um james gang aka the new age outlaws versus lax feud continues daddy and ass. uh daddy ass is here <laughs> yes. giving out lashes so the winner or the loser of this arm wrestling match has to get 10 lashes. I guess the whole group does. And um, I would go into the backstory here, but I think the, like, the reggae video package that they did before this match kind of uh, explained it pretty well, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic job by Impact Wrestling or TNA. Yeah. They're playing right toward your uh, your strengths, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, when they were saying 10 lashes, I don't know how, like, if you'll get the reference, but to me, all I kept thinking about was, like, that one episode of Spongebob. I was like, and he's like, a hundred lashes. And it's just, like, it zooms into, like, a cutaway picture of, like, Spongebob with a hundred lashes, like, eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then he's just, like, flipping his eyes back and forth with a hundred lashes. I think it was Patrick, actually. Uh-huh. And then that's all I could think about. I'm like, ten lashes. So he's going to get, like, ten lashes. Like I thought you were going to talk about the hash-slinging slasher. Oh no no no! He he comes towards the end. Like he he has Me a too. whole stare down with Abyss. Oh right! <laughs> <laughs> I must have missed that part. I must have done the old plus fifteen seconds on that one. But oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's exclusive to the YouTube version. Mm. I better <laughs> go back and check that out then. Yes yes exactly. Uh, but no no slasher here. But we do have Hernandez finally debuting here because LAX. I don't know if you're aware. They've gone through a bunch of iterations. Uh, first, it was Conan, Homicide, and Apollo. Then Cruise? they kicked out Apollo. Who? Cruz, <laughs> not Cruz, just Apollo. No. Oh, okay. Not right. Creed, not uh, not the spaceship, just a, a regular Puerto Rican. Just regular uh, Puerto Rican. <laughs> yeah. Then they had uh, they kicked him out and brought in Machete, not Danny Trejo, just another See, guy. That's disappointing. That's disappointing. If it was Danny Trejo, it would have been awesome, but it wasn't. Yeah. That's why LAX never succeeded. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Uh, but Machete suffered a, a few too many L's. So Homicide and Conan beat him up with the Mad Ball, which I think like Proud, Proud and Powerful still use to this day. Uh, mm-hmm. Future members of LAX. And uh, brought in Hernandez. So, And this is the group that sticks around for a while. This, this is, in yes. my mind, the OG 
yes. LAX for sure. What are your what, what are your thoughts on them? Uh, well, I like them. Like I said, I've always, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but I've always been a fan of Hernandez. He's not like yeah. the best wrestler in the ring, but he 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 to me looks like the Mexican John Cena. Like, <laughs> yeah, he has the shorts. Like he's got like the jacked muscles. He seems like such a sweet man. He's a sweet individual. Like outside the ring, like I feel like uh-huh. he'd give you flowers like sporadically throughout throughout the week. He's like, here's here's just like some random flowers because I thought about you, or like randomly buys you some new shoes or it's, it's like here's a, here's a new watch. Like I f- I feel like he's a he he's he's a very like detailed and like. Passion. Don't need to give you a second alone to kind of just deal with these thoughts. <laughs> no. I feel like I'm intruding on something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just a fan of Hernandez, man. No, no, but yeah, so I, I liked it. Homicide is, is is a really good wrestler. I like Conan being involved with it. I like like you. I I think of them as the OGs of uh, LAX, especially since when they did the feud mm-hmm. of uh, I think it was uh, Eddie Kingston with the OGs fighting against Pride and Powerful and Conan. Like that that was the recent like feud they had going on, like I think a year or two ago. Like right right before Pride and Powerful joined AEW mm-hmm. and AEW became a thing. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. actually had the the feud and they were called DOGs with like a Z at the end. You know, just That's cool. Yeah. Another so, gangster. Like, yeah. Uh it was not gangster to see them take whips from Daddy Ass though. <laughs> well, you're spoiling the arm wrestling match. Ah, oh, sorry, sorry. I, uh, I I got a little ahead of myself. I jumped. Gotta the gun. do this. Gotta do this play by play here. Jump the gun, huh? Really gun. <laughs> but um, so we got Bullet Bob here. It's like sixty something years old. They have a an arm wrestling table set up in the middle of the ring. Set up in the middle of the six sides of steel. They uh, by the way, this is a rematch. They already did this on Impact, but they're like, you know what? That was money. Let's do it again. Yeah. Um, I mean. AW just did it with their world title match. Why not with the arm wrestling? That's actually a really good comparison. Yeah, I think it's apples to apples there. Um, So Conan, Bob, they lock up. Conan tries to pull away. He he hey he wants none of this old man. He's Mm -hmm. strong. He's he's military strong here. And uh, Conan gets the better of him, but Bullet Bob makes that comeback. Slams Conan's hand on the thing. I don't know what you call it. The pillow. The pad. and Bullet Bob gets the win. Homicide's pissed. He flips the table. But uh, to no avail because LAX now will get 10 lashes. And uh, uh, Road Dog says if they don't get these lashes, they're suspended indefinitely without pay. Mm-hmm. So they all assume the position. BG James is just shit talking as he's <laughs> in between each slash. By the way, all three of them, like there's three belts, yeah. triple slashes. And yes. uh, lashes, whatever. And then um, on like the fourth one, Kip James jumps the gun and he like does it before they count to three. And then they're like, oh, I don't know. And they just start piling it on just yeah. lash after lash. Mike today, I think, calls it leather justice. Leather is, justice. Um, sounds like a porn star, but. Yeah, I'll good stuff, right? Too. We can Google that. Leather justice. Don't <laughs> pretend like it's not in your uh, bookmarks. If it if it's not now, it will be after this Google search. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. How many stars do you give this one? I'll give it like seven and a half stars. Yeah, 
Yeah. There weren't any Japanese people in this one though. So the Tokyo Dome. No, but there were like I just like Dave Meltzer, I have my biases. There's some Mexicans in this. So anything with a Mexican <laughs> gets an automatic five star. Actually, yeah. No, now that yeah. you mentioned that. Also, too, oh, my I think my favorite whole thing of this whole thing was BG James <laughs> accidentally calling uh, Daddy ass Billy like, "Damn it, Billy, you jumped the gun!" Or like, I think that's what, <laughs> like he called him Billy like once or twice, and it's like he's so used to calling him Billy mm-hmm. that shit was hilarious to me. Like, so to me, like he broke character. He, uh, and which, which is what I enjoyed the most, honestly. <laughs> I mean, this Kip James, Billy Gunn, he's gone through like 12 name changes in TNA at this point. So can't Daddy ass is the best one in his whole career. He just he should just be yeah. called Daddy ass. But I think he had to like go ahead and procreate first to be actually be referred to Daddy ass. Oh, I mean, you haven't procreated, right? But you're still a daddy that I know of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Didn't think about that one. <laughs> uh, speaking of daddy, got a couple daddies in this match. So we got. An X-Scape steel cage match. Not an escape. An X-Scape match. So we got uh, the X Division on showcase here. And the winner, I think, gets a title match or something. Uh, got Petey Williams versus Elix Skipper versus Chris Saban versus Shark Boy versus Chase Stevens versus Puma. Man, oh, man. What a uh, what a cast of characters here. My God. <laughs> who 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 stuck out to you? Who stuck out to you in this match? Well, for me personally, it was don't say Puma because he's Mexican. No, no, no. <laughs> Puma. Uh, Puma. I saw him earlier, so he didn't really stick out to mm. me. Was Shark Boy, and I was more disappointed that we didn't see Lava Girl accompany him to the ring. So uh, uh-huh. there's a disappointment there. Also, I just like Shark Boy because when he went through his like phase in Impact Wrestling, where he was basically like a Stone Cold parody, and then like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) and then like he did a really good Stone Cold impression when he was like on the (laughs) mic, and then like if you fast forward, he did like like, afterwards he had like this like like Thor post uh, End Game midlife crisis thing where he like let himself go, was just (laughs) eating in the bag, so. I love me some Shark Boy, man. Like, like the fact that that became a character that stuck the test of yeah. time, fantastic to me. So Shark Boy stood out to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm not uh, Petey Williams, just because, like I said, oh Canada, you know, right? Uh, I don't know the actual anthem, so I can't actually like. That's pretty much reference it. it. Yeah, oh Canada, but I like Petey Williams, man. He gave us a Canadian destroyer that everybody overuses nowadays. Ooh, and, yeah. Well, I gave it to your boy Shark Boy. So you couldn't have uh, yeah. been happy about that. You know, some, sometimes uh, shit happens. Huh? You know, sometimes shit happens. You know, I oh. wasn't happy that it happened that it happened to Shark Boy, but I right. like to think it made him a stronger man. Mm. Do you think that knocked the Stone Cold into him? I think so, because uh, if you remember, it took Steve Austin to take a pile driver, and then he really took off. He took a pile driver from wow. from Owen Hart, and then he really took off. So I think there was some yeah. parallels right there in the careers. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good analysis there, actually. No, thank you, thank you, man. It's it's it all lines up. It all lines <laughs> up. <laughs> no worries. I, I took a, a power driver as well right before recording this, which allowed me like open up my horizon, so to mind. speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, I, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's gonna hear that whole like line, and he's like gonna analysis 
He's going to analyze it in a completely different way. Oh, he, he he knows about the pile driver. He's aware. He's probably the one. That does, he's probably the one that did it to you. If I'm going to no. be honest, don't don't give him that information. Don't give him ammunition. It's already out in the ether. Can't stop it, man. Um, right. but Elix Skipper's in here as well, and I love, it. dude. He makes his entrance, climbs the outside of the cage, and just hops over it like a full jump onto the ground and in, in, in the ring. Yes, that's like. But that was like when he stopped being impressive in this match but he got in the yeah. ring really cool right uh yeah yeah it's uh it's always important to make a fantastic entrance to get into the ring regardless of the results within the match it's all about the presentation and your entrance mm. just ask ricochet he has a fantastic entrance hardly wins though Singala, so. same thing yeah 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 uh but yeah elix his claim to fame is the six sides of steel of course when he walked the cage did the the hurricane rana on the james storm Mm-hmm. and um hasn't really recaptured that magic he's tried things he's had x division title matches but none of them have been particularly that great mm-hmm. um it makes me laugh because sometimes when he goes into matches he'll like get on the top turnbuckle and like walk the top rope and then moonsault into the ring so he's like trying to keep that thing alive but it just never yeah. really uh it's a one hit wonder yeah that legitimately though he he really is because he's not even like He's pretty good on the mic, too, but he just never... All of his matches seem sloppy to me, I guess. I mean, now he's in a jobber tag team with yes. uh, David Young and Simon Diamond, so... Um, but, yeah. So, the match's good. Yeah, like, it's X Division. There's, like, tags in the beginning, I guess, because you have to... You can't just have eight people <laughs> fighting each other at once in the cage. I mean, you cage. can, technically. Yeah. I mean, it, it breaks down eventually, so I guess you can, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and I should say the rules of this match. So it's elimination style until it's the final two. And and that and once it gets to that point, you win by escaping the cage. Uh, so um, so it Shark all Boy comes back together. It all comes all comes together. Shark Boy gets a Canadian destroyer, as we mentioned, and that eliminates him. Shark Boy did have a pretty good. Uh, he he kind of dominated in the beginning. He hit like a, some, a Russian leg sweep off the top. Did like a Stratus faction type of bulldog off the cage on the PD <laughs> Williams, but uh, was not uh, not enough. And then um, really, it's at this point where everybody just kind of gets in the ring and starts fighting each other. Uh, Canadian destroyer attempt on a Chase Stevens gets countered into an Alabama slam. You got uh, Elix hitting the sudden death on the Puma, which is like an emerald explosion kind of thing. And then goddamn Chase Stevens goes to the top of the cage. Shooting star press onto what was it? Five guys, and uh, not one person catches this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes you question what the fuck did Chase Stevens do to everybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't really think of it that way, but yeah, maybe it's Chase Stevens' fault. Maybe he said something before this match that really, yeah, maybe he he said in like uh, like the like uh, what, what's it called, like a press Gorilla. conference squirm uh, scrum scrum there you go that was looking for the word maybe he was in the scrum eating the muffin he's like he was calling out the entire x division mm. it's like i'm old i'm tired yeah i work with children <laughs> so it, it, it could have been <laughs> that children um but I mean, yeah, there <laughs> is a boy in the match shark boy is in the match like well now a lot well, he, he got eliminated vicente he got pile driven on his head and now he's shark boy 316 We've been through this. Point three sixteen. True, true. <laughs> yeah, Chase Stevens just 
plummets to the mat, lands on his face, and then gets eliminated pretty soon after that. Uh, I think Elix eliminates him with the sudden death. Mm-hmm. And then Petey Williams comes up and rolls up Elix Skipper and l- eliminates him. And then uh, Saban hits the cradle shock onto Puma, eliminates him. So now we're just down to Petey Williams versus Chris Saban. So now we got to escape the cage. Sorry. Escape the cage. Escape. Saban hits a hesitation, hesitation drop kick in the corner. And then uh, he goes to climb out. But Scott Damore, the manager of Team Canada out there with Petey Williams, grabs Saban to stop his descent. Petey catches up to him. And uh, Saban and Petey are kind of fighting outside of the cage midway down. Saban smashes Petey's head on the cage. Petey falls, but lands on Scott Demore's shoulders. And this allows Saban to hit the ground first. So Chris Saban gets the win. God damn it. What a finish. What a finish. What do you think? What do you think of how the, how this, uh, how, how it culminated into this, all the shenanigans at the end there. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when, once Puma got eliminated, you were checked out, right? Yeah. <sighs> Once Shark Boy and Puma got eliminated, I was kind of checked out. And yeah. then, like, so I've never been a fan of Chris Saban. I'm gonna just like state that right now. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler, because he's a, he's a good wrestler. Obviously, he's a good wrestler. He's he's part of the Motor City Machine Guns. He's a fantastic uh, wrestler. But I've never been like a fan of his. Like something about mm-hmm. his face just makes it, he just looks very punchable, uh-huh. and like he seems like very unlikable to me. So I just wow. never personally liked them. Plus, I was rooting for Canada in this because once again, mm. you know, everyone versus America. Apparently, uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, I'm a fan of Petey Williams. Like I said, uh, I'm a fan of most Pete's. Uh, Peter Parker. <laughs> most uh, Pete's. Most Pete's. Peter Griffin. Pete Dunn. Uh, Pete. Peter Dunn. Peter Dune. Pete. Uh, yeah, just like uh, so, I wanted to support all the Pete's out there. Yeah. Stinky Pete, wasn't that the Toy Story villain? Stinky Pete, yeah, Stinky Pete. But you know, you know, he he's been through. He was he had been through a lot at that point. So you know, yeah, I sympathize with him. He probably had PTSD. Well, that this is for our off our uh, spinoff Toy Story uh, review podcast. So. <sighs> yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta keep that hush hush. That's that's behind the paywall. We can't yeah, give away free content. Exactly. To people, come exactly. on, exactly. Yeah, I take my shirt off in that one, so... There yes, you go. <laughs> yes. That's worth the price of admission right there. There you go. There. But a couple other guys with their shirts off. We got the X Division title on the line in this next match. We got Samoa Joe versus Sabu. Hoo-wee. So Samoa Joe here, the champion. So he lost the title actually at the last pay-per-view in an Ultimate X match, so he technically wasn't beaten. So they're still going on the thing where he's, he's 10 months undefeated. Samoa mm-hmm. Joe is. He recaptured the X Division title on impact by beating Christopher Daniels. And um, but Larry Zabisco is like, you know, what, Joe, I don't want you pigeonholed in the X Division. I want to give you something that's that allows you to go beyond that. So who does he get the 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 suicidal, all that shit, Sabu. And uh, man, what a uh, seeing Sabu get ragdolled. By Samoa Joe is one of the one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, fantastic! <laughs> like I said, it was the first thing out. I'm like, oh, Sabu versus Samoa Joe. Joe's gonna beat the shit out of Sabu. This is this is peak Joe here, man. What, what do you think about 2006 Samoa oh, Joe? Man, 
that's a good looking Samoan right there. And I thought Roman Reigns was a good looking Samoan. A necklace. Imagine, imagine this Joe right now. Ooh. God, man, I wish. I wish. That was probably like at his athletic peak, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, I think all around peak almost around this time, maybe a little bit later, but goddamn. Yeah, and Sabu, Sabu is actually really good too. Because yeah, yes. he pops up in TNA quite a few times in this time period, and he has very little misses. Like he had a really awesome feud with Abyss. They had mm-hmm. some brutal matches. They had a barbed yes. wire match that was sick. Um, a couple good ma- like a couple regular matches that were pretty good. So Sabu, not not the classic botchy Sabu that I feel like everybody associates him with. He's he's really good here. And this match with because Joe, I mean, wasn't this like right after like he had his match with like like his his series of matches with like John Cena, Rey Mysterio, and his run with WWE? Right? Ooh, like this. Was, I think this is right before. Right before, because like. Because I think uh, One Night Stand was in 05, wasn't it? And I know that's when he had his match with Mysterio that ended so, in no contest. The first One Night Stand was in 05, but the second One Night Stand is when Sabu and Rey Mysterio had their match, which was like summer of 06. So okay, very okay. soon. Very soon after this, actually. That's a, so that's a good point. He, I, he's still a, like very good because I remember he actually challenged John Cena for the, the WWE title, and they had a pretty solid match. I think it was on, mm-hmm. I, on Raw that had their yeah. match. Mm-hmm. So this is still like not in his prime, but he's st- still like at his like athletic peak. Like he he's still pretty pretty good in the in the ring. It's not until he he goes bald that I feel like he starts getting really really bad. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the power was in his hair, just like Willow Smith. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I never thought Sabu and Willow Smith were gonna get compared, but here we are. Yeah, here it's we 2022, are. Twenty twenty two, man. Anything's possible. Sabu's whipping his hair back and forth in this one. That's for sure. <laughs> he was whipping a steel chair at Joe's face too. <laughs> Dude, that was hilarious. I, I love the story of this match and how Sabu's like almost desperate. Like he knows he's not in Joe's league physically. Mm-hmm. And Sabu even walks into this match with a broken fucking arm, which the commentary just casually <laughs> mentioned. He has like his, this big ass cast. It's like on his forearm. I guess he had just broken his arm wrestling somewhere like in Mexico or something. Uh, I thought he was just a very big Cowboy Bob Orton fan. And he just wanted to like rock the cast. <laughs> Sabu, big Bob Orton guy. Little known fact. Little known fact. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So, uh, so yeah, like you said, Sabu. Goes in the ring first. Sabu or uh, Samoa Joe enters the ring. And Sabu just right away just tosses a chair at Joe. Uh, but I think Joe ducks or he like swipes it away or something. And just starts kicking the shit out of Sabu. Kicks, chops, throwing him against the cage. Sabu's busted open within like the first 30 seconds. Um, but Sabu fights back with Arabian leg drops with the chair. Does like the triple jump leg drops like he runs off the chair onto the top rope and then springboards backwards into leg drops and then uh then he brings out a spike sabu does uh tries to murder samoa joe he's like oh these leg drops aren't cutting it better stab him to death so uh because for the x division title you see so it's very worth it um prestigious no officer I, i promise you it was a wrestling match and uh, so <laughs> Joe and Sabu are fighting on the top rope at some point. Joe, by the way, she mentioned fights away the spike. He does not get stabbed to death. Uh, he counters into an arm bar, which is how anybody should, should uh, counter uh, a shank or a knife or a, anything. Phallic that's how I, that, that's what I usually do when I yeah. get like, well, no, it's like, like threatened with a, with a shank or anything. 
I usually just put them in an armbar. Yeah, no, very. You hit them with a uh, a Kimura of sorts, maybe a uh, triangle, a Hell's Gate. A yeah, Hell's Gate. Uh, you lock them in there, and they're done, right? A guillotine. A guillotine. Yes. Show. Yes. Armbar into the guillotine, and then I transition to the label lock. Man, that's how I'm like yesing on. We got ground. our pure champion over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Joe's like smashing Sabu's arm against the cage. He has a cutter off the top rope on a Sabu for a two count. And then Samoan Sabu, cutter. Samoan cutter is, I think that's what Mike Tanay said. Yes. Just throw anything in front of cutter and that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> Sabu goes for the triple jump moonsault. But as he's on the top rope, uh, Samo Joe, how the turns have tabled. Throws a chair at Sabu's face. Muscle Buster. One, two, three. Samoa Joe wins. Retains the title. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed this for what it was. What about you? Oh, I th- like I said, it was the first match I watched. I watched because I watched things out of order. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the match. I thought it was really good. Like it was it was good to see Samoa Joe in his like absolute peak. And it was good to see uh, Sabu out here trying to like commit a vehicular manslaughter. Or no, that's with a car. I mean, he's a vehicle of sorts. He's a vehicle of destruction. Whoa. Oh, oh, oh. you just pulled that out of your ass. That was pretty sweet. Uh, some, sometimes you have to, you know, like with shanking and stuff like that. You know, you got to hide these things somewhere. Like we're talking about shanking. Per- was shanking this match? Shanking? Yes. He was He was on the outside and like doing the Teddy Long, like holla holla. Oh, I must Because he wasn't that. blind. That's why. So like he was dancing. The- <laughs> he was dancing. Oh. <laughs> Did Again, you- I have so many things to go revisit in this in the show. <laughs> um, but one thing I will not be watching again is the National Anthem Steel Cage match. So we got Team 3D versus Team Canada. And uh, we got a debuting Brother Runt on the Team 3D side, Speaking a.k.a. Spike. Spike Dudley. Yeah. Wow. Look at this. Look at the cohesion. Look at the how this show flows and how I'm flowing and the fluids down my legs. So we got Team 3D. Um, so we kind of went over the backstory earlier. Canada, evil. Which, by the way, like, like, what is Canada? Like, why are why, why does everybody everybody in the USA hate Canada? I feel like because they, they put maple syrup there. on their French fries. What kind of let must- them do it? I, we, okay, I'm in agreement. We all are. Poutine sucks a big bag of flaccid baby cocks. It's not tasty at all. But let them have their fun up there. You know. Lazy affair, hands off, right? I guess. <laughs> I suppose. And so, Poutine, I think, is actually the uh, the, the main backstory of this match. Do you so, think it's a, a confusion? They think that they're actually talking about Vladimir Putin instead of like the food Putin. Mm, they so they Putin. so maybe that's where the hatred comes from. They're like, oh, they they glorify this Putin guy. They must be evil. So maybe so it's wondering. a miscommunication, like a loss of translation. They're like, man, we got these soggy French fries covered in stupid gravy setting off these nuclear missiles. What the hell's going on here? Right. <laughs> yeah. They're probably really confused up there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Americans, when they don't understand something, you know, they lash out. So mm, yeah, it all makes including, sense. Including the Dudleys. Or, I'm sorry. Team 3D here. So um, the match, <laughs> the stipulation of it. Can you can you can you explain the stipulation of this match? Uh, so essentially, if I'm not mistaken, the winner gets their national anthem played at the end, which yeah. is a sense of pride. high stakes. Yeah. 
Um, so they got, so on each side of the cage, there's a flag. There's a USA flag and a Canadian flag. You got to capture your flag and then bring it to your side and put it in the thing and hang it. And then national anthems play. And what if they did like flag football game and they were on the field and mm -hmm. then they had to capture their national, their, uh, their country's flag instead of actually resting inside a cage. So, so it was like, like a stadium stampede kind of thing. Stadium stampede inside a cage. Now that would have taken it to the next level. So instead of wrestling moves, instead of punching and kicking, They're you just want them to chase each other. You want them to no, it's not tackle. It's flag football. Yes. So you want them to just run around and grab their flags. Yes. I want them to run around like a dog you know, chasing his own tail. Yeah. Essentially. Right. I could see Bubba doing that. I could see Bubba doing that. Yeah. But unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. We're, we just have a wrestling match here, I guess. No, now 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 my expectations are blown out. So now I just gotta settle for this shit. Yeah, that exactly. Here. Unfortunately. <laughs> What's funny is that is that Devon tries to like wave the flag and it's like stuck together and it's not waving. Oh. <laughs> was this was this when the ref was down? Yes. Oh yes. my god, the shenanigans in this match. You can't just have a a fucking match when the guy wins a thing. No, you have to have so America, I think it was Devon, right? He grabs the flag mm -hmm. and uh but the ref is down. I didn't even see when this ref got knocked knocked out, but he's no. they pan over to him and he's face down on the mat. So the ref can't call it. So Canada beats on Devon, they take the flag, they hang it back up, and then the ref comes to and he's like, Oh, I didn't see anything. It's a lot of chaos. Maybe he got bored halfway through the match and said, I'm just going to take a nap real quick. He, he just took a little snooze ski. Oh, yeah. It's been a long so. night. Yeah. Can't so many cage them. matches, man. Yeah. You just you get uh, desensitized to it and you have to yeah. take a break. You get exhausted. Fucking. What's his, what was the ref? Ray Charles or something? Not Ray Charles. That's a <laughs> singer. It was like something. It could close be Ray to Charles. It was, it was Charles something. It wasn't Charles Robinson, but it was. Oh, no, that might have been Earl Hebner for all I know. But um, <laughs> Brian Hebner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at one point, Scott Demore, Scott Demore hits the security guard with a chair that has the key to the cage. Unlo so Scott Demore steals the key, unlocks the door, slides in a table because you can't have a Team 3D match without a table involved. Mm -hmm. And um, Eric Young tries to hit an elbow drop onto Spike through the table. But I'm sorry, Runt, brother Runt gets out of the way and Runt hits the acid drop onto A1. And then Devon and Bubba hit the 3D onto Bobby Roode. And then Runt captures the flag. This time the ref is conscious. So Team USA wins. And then we get this shitty bullshit like Jimmy Hart remix of the national anthem playing. Because so. <laughs> it has to be cool. Because the anthem isn't cool it's, enough it's for It's a new brother. wave, man. Yeah. Thoughts? I think I'm just disappointed at the fact that Devon wasn't the one that got the table. Yeah, who did? Well, I guess Scott did, right? Scott, Scott the Moore got the, got, table. The, yeah. got the table. Just another reason to hate Canada, I guess, right? Yeah. They really were pushing this anti-Canada narrative on the show. It's like, what did they do? Like what? <laughs> Why they do we put hate gravy <laughs> on their fries? <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot. Yeah, they are assholes. And the stupid ketchup flavored ruffles, whatever they're called. Have you been to Canada? 
I've been to Niagara Falls, so kind of. So you've been on the border of Canada. Yeah, yeah, I hopped the border. You hopped the... Ah, so you are Latino adjacent. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's in our blood. <laughs> have you been to Canada? I have not. It's on my bucket list. People smell up there. I don't know if it's just Niagara Falls, maybe just the place. Well, there's I a lot of tourism in, for Niagara Falls. So mm, yeah. it might not just be Canadians. It might just be tourists. Well, it's mainly the French-speaking people. So I won't... I will say that I, I, I worked at this bar and the, the owner of the bar was this French dude. And he mm. always had this musk to him where I, I, I didn't want to like be rude and just like hold my nose. But I was holding my breath a lot. I, was, I don't mm. think they believe in deodorant. I don't think there. so. I think it's like a natural musk, which makes me not want to go to France. Mm. Uh, but maybe we can I, I could just go to a side of Canada that doesn't have a lot of French influence. Yeah, I think that's uh, Toronto, maybe? Yes, Toronto. No. Yeah. Uh, I'll go to Toronto. They have the Raptors there. They have basketball. Yeah, they have um, Blue Jays, right? The uh, I, I, I don't sports ball that much, except for <laughs> basketball. <laughs> I was trying to think of wrestlers that are from Toronto. Tristratus, is that what she's Tristratus. Edge. Oh, man. Well, actually, speaking of Tristratus, we have her... WrestleMania 21 opponent here making her debut, Christy Hemi. Yes. She, they have her debut by skipping to the ring because she's an empty headed woman, you know, and uh, gives an envelope to Mike Tanay. Yes. And uh, this envelope has a letter. Basically, it's from the new face of TNA management. And uh, as of this point, Larry Zabisco is kind of the head, the GM of sorts, the commissioner. I think his title is like the committee, something committee of anal or something. I don't know. But um, apparently there's going to be a new management person in town. I believe it's Jim Cornette. I know at one point he comes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's at this point, if that's who he is at this point. But So we don't know when Jim Cornette comes. Well, we know what makes him come. There's a good cuck, so... Yeah, most times probably mid ejaculation. So is Larry Zabisco a cock? That's the question. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I'm not saying that he is, but if somebody told me like Larry Zabisco likes to watch his wife get railed in front of him, I'd be like, yeah, that, that checks out. It adds up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Larry Zabisco a few months ago he fired Raven. That him and Larry and Raven they had this whole feud where. Larry basically cost Raven the title and Raven was pissed at him. And then Larry was putting him in matches where if he lost, he had to retire. And then eventually Raven got beat and then Larry fired him. But now this new face of management is like, hey, that was a wrongful termination. I'm going to reinstate Raven. And that's what the letter says. So Raven comes out, chases Larry around the cage. Larry gets in the cage, closes the door and hides. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, thoughts mm-hmm. on uh, old, old Raven here? Uh, I was disappointed he didn't have his flock with him. Well, he's about to have a faction. I think it's called like Serotonin or something. I forget who's in it. Serotonin. Yeah. Wasn't Punk, wasn't CM Punk and like Mickey James at one point part of his like faction? Yeah, I think that was early TNA, like early 2002, TNA. 2003. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So this is a new faction. Yeah, gotcha. it's uh, a less good one. 
But does he bring Beast Boy and Cyborg along with him? I'll um I'll this continue to watch, and if he does, I'll report back to you. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Keep me posted. I will. You know me. Um, <laughs> Slide into those DMs later <laughs> night if you have to. <laughs> you know I do. You know I do. Well, we got uh, up next, we got the NWA world title on the line. where We got Christian Cage defending against Abyss, the monster. You, uh, you're a big Christian fan, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I, I like Christian. What did you think of his TNA run here as, as champion? Uh, I felt like it was a little underwhelming at some point because even mm-hmm. though he was being booked as like the top guy as the world champion, he always just kind of felt as like, what's the word I'm looking for? He never really f- had like that main event vibe to him. To me, mm-hmm. he just kind of felt like a guy, kind of like when, when JBL held the title or like... What's I'm trying like I'm having a hard time like coming up with like examples or like when Rey Mysterio held the title or like okay when Biggie was WWE champion while Roman Reigns was Universal champion there was obviously two like different levels to it mm-hmm. and it never really felt like Biggie was on the level of a Roman Reigns like even though Christian yeah. was the world champion he never felt as like this big star like when Kurt Angle was champion or when AJ Styles or Joe was was champ. So, but he got there. I, I feel like he never really hit that peak until he got to like he returned to do it. Be and he, yeah. he felt like a big guy. Like un- unfortunately, he's always been in the shadow of Edge. You know. Yeah, I think as a heel, Christian felt more of a big deal. As and he's champion. a babyface at this in this current juncture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It never hits as a babyface. He's one of those guys that just should always be a chicken shit heel. <laughs> and he eventually gets there. I don't think it's actually too long. I mean, he has like AJ Styles and Tyson Tomko and his like a little entourage. And mm-hmm. that's like Pete Christian and TNA as far as I'm concerned. I think he had yes. a pretty good run at some point. But this is after this, right? This is like it, he yeah. goes into that. OK, yeah. Christian Christian's still pretty new to TNA. He debuted at the end of 05 and we're in what, March of 06. So um Christian, yeah. pretty, he won the title pretty much immediately. He won it at final resolution, I believe, in January. Mm-hmm. He defended it against Monty Brown yes. at the last pay-per-view. And now he's facing off against Abyss. And you might be asking, well, what's the backstory here? Well, Abyss stalked Christian's wife at the tanning salon. James Mitchell, well, it's Abyss didn't. I guess James Mitchell did and uh, sniffed her hair. And told her to tell her husband that we're going to see him soon. (laughs) And then Abyss and James Mitchell go to Christian's home in Tampa, Florida. Beat him all around his living room and his kitchen. Throw Christian in his pool. And they try to drown Christian in his own pool. But in the words of James Mitchell, you can't win a title from a dead man. So they don't kill him. But they, they ruffle his feathers a little bit. And uh, yeah, so now we have this match. What would yeah. you think of that? The whole backstory. I think they showed like a video package. I don't know how much of it you caught, but oh, uh, I was not paying attention to the video package. How dare you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I don't remember what the fuck I was doing when I was watching it. Because I you got another heater, weren't you? No, no. So, so I the I watched the show a total of like two and a half times. 
So I had it like playing mm. in the background while I was at work because right. I was working. Uh, I was doing some overnight shifts, and then I was just like, so I had it playing in the background. And then the second time I watched it, I, I watched like actually like sat there and like watched everything in detail. Mm. And uh, but I skipped the, like the video package because I kind of already knew they were fighting and I didn't really care. I just knew that they were gonna fight. Do you so, need the backstory of James Mitchell sniffing Christian's <laughs> wife's hair? Okay, maybe that's why I didn't enjoy this, the match as much as I, I should have. It's like I didn't have the backstory. I didn't have the hair sniffing from James Mitchell. Go it back ruined it. Yeah. and rewatch it with that context. That'll add at least another star. It'll enhance, it'll enhance the match. Yes, absolutely. But <laughs> that being said, this might be my match of the night here. Christian really? versus Abyss. I thought it was um, it was up there at least. I thought uh, the uh, they really used the cage in this match more so, I feel like, than in previous matches mm-hmm. with uh, Abyss powerbombing. Christian into the cage, rubbing his face against the walls. Christian's, I don't even know if he bled really until the end of it, but um, before they even got in the cage, they like Christian met Abyss on the ramp. They brawled mm-hmm. outside the cage and the crowd. But once they got in the cage, Abyss hits Christian with the door and then throws him in the ring and then dominates him for a bit. Um, at one point, the ref gets obliterated by Abyss. Like Christian ducks a clothesline and Abyss just shits. These refs are taking a pounding oh, on this show. Yeah. It's a hard job. It is. It is a thankless Sounds job. That's it. for sure. Yeah. Um, and by the way, there's like a little hole in the cage, which is like for the cameras. Mm-hmm. But James Mitchell uses this hole to throw in the belt to Abyss. Abyss goes to hit Christian with it, but misses. Christian hits the unprettier, but only for two. And this causes Christian to uh, reach into his bag of tricks, climbs to the top rope, frog splash uh, from the top of the cage. Wow, that was, was some it, good stuff, right? It was good, but was it really a frog splash? I didn't really see him do much of like the frog theatrics, you know? What kind of splash was it? It looked like a, a Christian splash. Mm, I thought you were going to come up with like another animal, like a... Uh... Uh platypus splash or something platypus splash sloth splash sloth splash yeah if you sloth threw a sloth off of a cage that's probably the motion it would yeah it was like like he looked like he wanted to do the frog splash theatrics but he was like it's like wait a minute i'm 30 feet above the ground i need to just not die on this yeah yeah so sloth splash is what we're calling it yeah yeah i think i think that works um but as as if this brutality isn't enough, Sabu or James Mitchell, I guess. Sabu, that's the Sabu. I get Abyss and Sabu and James Mitchell mixed up. It, it's yeah, they're also very similar. <laughs> Sabu pops out of nowhere. Because <laughs> he didn't get enough cage. from Joe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he wanted more punishment. Can't stop him. Can't stop him. He's suicidal. Genocide. Uh, homicidal. So we got thumbtacks introduced by James Mitchell, not Sabu. Through that uh, glory hole again. Through the glory hole. Swerving our glory hole. Um, Abyss lays out the tacks ever so gently and uh, goes to uh, choke slam Christian onto it, but he fights out. And uh, Christian 
hits something. I think he hits like a DDT or something. Knocks Abyss down again and uh, climbs up to the top to go for another frog splash. But Abyss gets up in time. <laughs> Abyss actually choke slams the ref into the cage. <laughs> this is my favorite Christian spot of the, the match. Dude. This is my favorite spot of the match. I thought I was fucking hilarious. <laughs> that He's like, fuck your ref. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused at first, like, what the hell is he being so aggressive with the ref for? But he's he's merely an object to knock Christian off the cage. The so, storytelling, man, like that's creativity. That lets you know that Abyss is not just a force of nature, not just a destructive mm-mm. monster. He's a creative genius. He is. I mean, he no shit. He's he's fucking brilliant here. Yeah. Um, but he he climbs up to try to grab Christian, who's like straddling the top of the cage. And um, but Christian ends up countering it and hits a sunset flip power bomb onto Abyss onto the bed of tax, but only for a two count somehow. Uh, somehow. Christian then grabs the NWA title, goes to hit Abyss with it, but Abyss counters into a black hole slam again for a two count. That was a really good false finish there. I <sighs> I knew Abyss didn't win this, but I was like, oh, he's gonna win. See, it. I didn't knew, so I didn't look. So I looked at the match card, but I didn't look up the results. I was very good mm. at trying to like avoid the results. And I could not remember if Abyss ever won the NWA title. So yeah. at, like that was a great false finish for me because I thought he had the match won right there. Yeah. Actually, I was like 99.9% sure he had never won the world title. But that 0.1%, I was like, oh. Sometimes you know. ignorance is bliss. Alexa bliss. Yeah. And um, choking happens. Um, sir, Abyss tries to choke slam Christian onto the tax again. Uh, I just wrote choke in my notes. I was like, well, I was trying to figure out what I meant by it, but choke slam onto the tax, but Christian counters it into an unprettier onto the tax. And that gives Christian the win. Brutal finish. Mm-hmm. Fun match, in my opinion. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I just have one question. One flaw. Three inches flaccid, two inches erect. <laughs> okay. I have a second question then. <laughs> okay. I got you. Um wasn't this like couldn't Christian have won just by escaping the cage? I don't think escape the cage was a winning condition. Yeah, because here. that was the one thing when I watched the match and I didn't really feel like starting it from the beginning to like try mm. to like get the information needed. Because when he was hanging from the cage on the outside after the uh, abyss choke slam the ref into it, mm-hmm. I was like Motherfucker, just fall to the floor. <laughs> just fall to the floor. You win right there and escape the this monstrosity with Abyss. Unless well, you're, in. unless you have a king for pain, in which case, by all means, get in there, get some more. Yeah, I mean, it's not an X escape match, according to the card <sighs> that I saw. So, should have been. It would have made things easier for Christian. It really would have. But yeah. Nonetheless, Christian gets the win eventually. But my boy Christian gets greedy and uh, tries to attack James Mitchell after mm-hmm. the match. But uh, Abyss is back up, attacks Christian from behind, and Abyss grabs his big chain that he comes out with, wraps it around his fist and clocks Christian with it, busts him open, and then hangs Christian with it, wraps it around Christian's throat, throws him over the top rope, and uh, hangs him. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was a cool visual. Like as I've gotten older, the, I, I've like been more desensitized or 
not sure what the verbiage here is, but I've not been a fan of like gory style matches, like hardcore extreme matches or like death matches, just because it's like, God, you're gonna feel that in the morning tomorrow. Your knees are gonna hurt. Like you're ba- like I, I like as a 30 year old man that I just recently became. Like the older I get, like the more I'm just like, man, I can't do all that. That hurt me watching it, but. It was a great visual. It was a good way to have Abyss get his heat back. So mm-hmm. I liked it. It was a, it was a good way, and uh, you got to see Christian get choked out. And, you know, like if you're into that sort of thing, that was the yeah. highlight of the match. Your kinks are satisfied. Yeah, I, I'm you're, with you. the juices of your guilty pleasures have been titillated. Oh, hello! I'm titillated. <laughs> yeah, That's there for you go. sure. Abyss titillated everyone. Well, it doesn't he always? Doesn't he always? He's a yeah, monster after all. Exactly. That's true. Um, but that brings us to the main event. Lethal Lockdown. It's an eight-man tag team match. It's uh essentially war games. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Lethal Lockdown versus War Games? Do you have a preference? Um I think just for the aesthetic and the visual of two rings being encompassed by a steel cage is just so yeah. different. That it makes it that it makes it feel much more intriguing to me and much more appealing. Also, yeah. it doesn't help that the lethal lockdown cage is the same fucking cage we saw all fucking pay per view. It so, has a roof. At a certain point, at a certain point, it has a roof, oh, but it becomes lethal. Ah, Jay Lethal. There's no Jay Lethal in this match. <laughs> Jay Lethal lowers the cage down, and he's like yeah. doing a little Irish jig on the top. Was that opening match a Lethal Lockdown as well? Because oh. Jay Lethal was in it? Yeah. It was a Jay Lethal Lockdown match. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I like it. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The aesthetic of War Games is cool. I thought the, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll lay out who's in this match. So we got AJ Styles, Rhino, Ron Killings, and Sting versus the team of America's Most Wanted, Jeff Jarrett. And Scott Steiner making his in-ring TNA debut in this match. Big Papa Pump. Big Bad Booty Daddy. And uh, AJ Styles and Chris Harris start out. Um, Not a lot really happening until the lethal uh, aspect of it. Any any portions of it before that catch your eye? Uh, Not really. Just like I said... You get a little desensitized, and you get a little like kind of like uh, how I've already seen yeah. Steel Cage. Like I, I, I will say this: it, the Lethal Lockdown concept I enjoy, like because it's essentially war games, like you were mentioning. But right. let's say they didn't do a Steel Cage match or like a six sides of steel the entire night. This would have felt more impactful because, like, god damn it, you had a like an arm wrestling match inside the sea size of steel. <laughs> How much more like meaning could this match have? You like, blew your load on the arm wrestling match, yeah. You, you blew your load, mm. like bullet yeah. Bob Armstrong, man. Like, how do you it's only downhill from there? He should have been in this match, is what you're saying. There, there you go, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm with you, it would have made it I'm more lethal <laughs> with those bullet punches, yeah. I'd say bullets in his name, so like. <laughs> right in front of you um yeah aj chris harris start out uh james storm comes in they kind of gang up on styles there's a point where before before james storm enters the ring aj kicks the door open james storm ducks it 
And this door just completely wipes out Gail Kim, who is ringside. I don't know if you saw this, but she took a, a, a hilarious Family Guy style bump when she got hit by this cage door. It was they treated brutal. her like she was Meg from Family Guy. Dude, she was going out there. She's like, women don't wrestle in TNA nowadays, but man, I'm going to go out and take some bumps. Gotta, yeah. You gotta love her. And then she got, uh, she got, uh, what, what's, she got stripped by, uh, Miss Jackie. She got pantsed. She got pants. That's uh, the word I was looking for. I couldn't think of it. Even though she was already climbing the cage and the camera was right up her skirt. So I was like, okay, is it really worse? But, um, that's true. But that's later. That's later in the match. Sorry, sorry. um, I'm blowing my load again. Again, you're just blowing it all over the place. It's because I blow it. So if you blow your load early, that just allows you to blow your load once again quicker. The sooner you come, (laughs) the sooner you're able to come again. That's, uh, that's deep. Yeah. That's deep. It's not about the the number of orgasms, not how big of uh, how big the orgasm is. It's it doesn't matter how fast you get there. It doesn't matter what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. Yeah, it's the climb. It's how many times you take that journey to climax. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) What a journey. What a journey. (laughs) Someone start playing journey songs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, speaking of journey, we got Rhino. Sprinting to the ring, Rex Rex AMW, and then goes for a gore, but then misses. And it's not a spear, by the way. <laughs> we don't have an hour to discuss this. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna completely ignore it. Uh, I know you've been chomping at the bit, but that that is that's the after party. Okay, that's the post show. Yes, the post show. Um. Jeff Jarrett comes in. Our truth goes in. Scott Steiner, Sting. Sting gets in there and just does a shitty little Sting forearms and just wrecks everybody. Not even a bat. Just kind of kish, kish, kish. Um, it even hits the Stinger splash on all four guys at once. Like he has like AMW smashed against each other. And then he puts Jeff Jarrett upside down on top of him, and then he throws Scott Steiner on top of him, and then hits the stinger splash on all of them. He took four guys on at once. Yeah. What a trooper. What yes. a trooper. That's some scary right there. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Sting calls for the roof to be lowered, and then you have all this pyro from this roof lowering from the ceiling. You got the light show. I thought the presentation of this was awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, thankfully, it didn't, like, have, like... S- sparklers like aw had with <laughs> yeah, this was more of an explosion than that was yeah, yeah for sure yeah then the roof lowers then there's like a whole ass <laughs> tlc match on the roof so it's like what are we planning for here multitasking yeah and like inside the ring from the ceiling there's like trash cans and kendo sticks and baseball bats and gas powered dildos and all, all the normal weapons that you see in a wrestling match James Storm sees all this stuff. He's like, oh, I got to get the heck out of here. And then he, there's like a little hole in the roof that you can climb through, I guess. Mm-hmm. Climbs to the roof. AJ Styles follows him. So I was like, oh, shit, my dick. What's going to happen here? Right. And uh, this is the point where Gail Kim tries to climb to help James Storm, I guess. But Jackie rips her skirt off. And then uh, and then they're pretty much gone for the rest of the match. But uh, <laughs> on the roof. Purpose. They purpose. Yeah, they did. That's what they're there for. It was yeah. women's wrestling. Yeah. Women's wrestling. Um, Storm hits a super kick onto AJ on the roof, sets up a table on the roof, but AJ hits him with the Pele, and then AJ sets up a ladder 
puts James Storm on this table. This is all happening on the roof. AJ climbs the ladder. It's a pretty big ladder, too. He's got to be, I mean, when you factor in the ladder and the cage, it's probably like 30, 40 feet off the ground at yeah. least. Yeah, I'd be shitting bricks. Dude, I was shitting bricks just watching this. Mm-hmm. And AJ grabs like the truss that's literally on the ceiling of the arena. Jeez. Monkey bars his way over the table where James Storm is set up. Let's go and hits a splash on a James Storm. Whew, that was a crazy spot. That was oh. probably the spot of the match. If that was that so. reminded me of like that John Morrison spot in uh, Elimination Chamber where he did yes. something similar yes. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if this is where he got the inspiration from. Possibly. I think AJ did this actually in a, a later Lethal Lockdown match. And I thought at that point that was the first time he did it. But I guess it was here. I had no mm-hmm. idea yeah, he did it. So man, early. young boy AJ, man, was uh, daredevil. Fresh. He was, yeah, he was really trying some shit. He, he was going out there, man. Yeah, he was experimenting uh, with his uh, wrestling theatrics. Very phenomenal, some may say. Oh, yeah, some may say. But uh, so AJ and James Storm, they're both dead. Everybody else continues to fight in the ring. Jarrett hits the stroke onto our truth onto a chair. Rhino hits Jarrett with the gore. Steiner takes out Rhino with a suplex. Um, then Sting hits Scott Steiner with a death, the scorpion death drop. And then Chris Harris hits Sting with handcuffs that are wrapped around his hand. And then Chris Harris tries to lock in the Scorpion Deathlock on the Sting, but Sting reverses into his own Scorpion Deathlock, and Harris taps out. So Sting's Warriors, as their team's name was, gets the win in a uh, a fun match. But to your point, a bit desensitized to the cage yes. at this point. Yes, for sure. Uh, my my big question here is: Did Chris Harris really go for the Scorpion Deathlock, or was he going for the Sharpshooter? That's actually, yeah, if he would have put on the scorpion, he might have gotten. No, actually, if he would have used the sharpshooter, Sting would have had, to have had no idea how to get out of it. Exactly. He doesn't know anything about Completely different maneuver. The question is, was he using, was he wrapping it around his left leg or his right leg? So you have to really go back and, and study the tape mm. and like analyze it side to side with the Sting Scorpion Deathlock and Bret Hart sharpshooter. We're really gonna John Madden this stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's it's gonna be a real like, real dissection of the of the move. Yes, stay tuned for that. People want stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> Shirtless Vince, uh, dissecting of sharpshooters and conversations about spirits versus cores. It's all here. Yeah. It's all here. <laughs> Man, what else do you want, people? Come on now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you suck coffee. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You can never get enough. Can never yeah. get enough. All the caffeine. But uh <laughs> But I don't think this show sucked. No. Anyways, but didn't. uh lockdown. Yeah, any other any other overall thoughts on the show? Anything we missed? No, it was it was a great show. Like my whole nitpick throughout the whole thing, I, I feel like a, I'm an old man shaking his fist at the at the at the clouds at the sky saying so i was like god damn it there's too many cage matches these darn kids uh mm. but no man it, it was a great show it was fantastic and what i loved is that like so many of these uh, wrestlers i already know and um yeah to me it brought me back to like that uh ps2 tna impact uh wrestling game where because was it on the ps2 well, it was on the PS2. Yeah, I remember it was on the PS2. I think it might have been on PS3 as well. 
Mm-hmm. But I played it on PS2 because I didn't, I, was, I wasn't able to afford a PS3 at that time. Uh, I, I was not starting my financial like pursuits just yet. Right. So, of so I had, so. But I played with that one. Um, yeah. So like, it, it was a great show. Like it was good to see like y- a younger AJ Styles, uh, a young Samoa Joe and his athletic peak. Christian, mm-hmm. one of my favorite wrestlers uh, in my top ten. James Storm drinking a beer, and you saw blonde Eric Young, man. Like, what is there not to love? Blonde, no tattoos, fresh-faced Eric Young. What yeah, more could he exactly. ask for, really? And I mean, yeah, yeah, lots of uh, lots of talented, lots of lots of uh, people early in their careers. Some physical peak. Yes, exactly. Some may say, um, some may say they're raw forms. You know, yeah. getting smacked around in there, and that's that's some straight talk for you. But speaking of which, <laughs> thank you, Vicente, once again for uh, checking out the show three or four times, however many times you watched it, and uh, coming on and talking about it. Where can everybody find you and all your your various shows? Yes, because uh, apparently, yeah, I actually do have a few shows. Huh? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SCSVince. The link tree in my bio. If you if you click on it, will give you. All the audio formats for the Straight Talk podcast, where I most at this point it's mostly basketball with like a little sprinkle of wrestling here and there, where we do fantasy booking. We uh we did like a women's tag team tournament with Katie Kinsey Bebe, so um she was on there. We talked basketball, so we we like having like two Chicago guys the, uh, to talk about basketball. The the tag team tournament or something we did on your show. Yeah, yeah, we have um, the March Madness tag team tournament that you were mm-hmm. a guest on. Yes. Last minute too. I, I hit you up like last minute the day of, and you're like, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll hop on there. Darn like, tootin'. Yeah, you know, you were like, you're answering the call. You're taking the hot tag, and you, you did That's that. What I'm here for. Um, I also do Spitter Swallow, which is like uh, the pay per view recap for the Smack and Raw podcast. It's my own little like subsection. Like it's my AW Rampage, but it actually gets views. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't be covering Crown uh, Crown Jewel just because I never watched the shows. Uh, mm. For personal reasons, uh, we don't have to get into it, but I will definitely be covering Extreme Rules, so stay tuned for that. And you can find me every Friday night, 11 p.m. Central Standard Time, on the Smack It Around podcast with the Ward and Matt Ritter, covering the week of wrestling as only we can, as the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, you do a lot of good work over there, Vince. I'm a big, big, big Smacking It Roller, big straight talker. Yeah. Um, not a big basketball guy, but you know, I'll turn it on and just look at your pretty face sometimes. And oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It's kind of it's the sole reason. If if, if if nothing less, you you at least get me, and then you occasionally get Justin. So you get some mm. Filipino love, and you get some Filipino uh, and some Mexican action. Like, so you get a little bit of the best of both worlds. You know, whatever it is, it's gonna taste great. When you have those together, right? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic combination. That's why me and Justin mesh so perfectly well together. It's because you taste each other? Yes. The taste of Chicago, actually. Oh, so you, you're you a deep dish. Um, There's like an asshole joke I can make. Deep dish. Um, give me a second. Give me a second. Um, yeah, like Abyss was in this show. Speaking of Abyss, you know, your asshole's deep dish, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's under the sauce, <laughs> all under the sauce, man. Uh, but no, you know, we're more of a thin crust, it's traditional style. You have a thin crust. That's actually Chicago style. 
So like, uh, I'll sh- send you a picture of traditional Chicago style p- pizza because mm. the misconception is that deep dish is uh, Chicago style, and that's just mostly special occasion pizza. Traditional pizza is like thin crust, but it's cut up in squares. Oh, so it's like cafeteria pizza. <sighs> when you say it like that. Well, I will say the rectangular cafeteria pizza went hard back in middle school and elementary no. school. I was all about the chicken sandwiches myself. Spicy chicken sandwich? With the chocolate milk? Oh, come on, man. I, I, I don't know what school you went to. We just had regular old chicken. No, I had spicy chicken, man. We had the option of regular chicken and spicy. The only thing spicy was me getting whipped with a ruler. So, mm, so you weren't getting lashed. By daddy ass? Right, that he has. Yeah. I don't know how to finish podcasts sometimes. Me either, man. Sometimes I just like <laughs> just ramble on until I decide, okay, I'm done. Once again, thank you to Vicente for joining me on today's program. Uh, go follow Vince at SES Vince on all the socials. Check out Smack and Raw. Check out Straight Talk and Spit or Swallow. Go do that. All that info in the description below. Check out all my full episodes. Go back into the archives. Arbrin, Arbrin? Apronbump.com. Follow me on all the social media. Subscribe. Hit the bell. Oh my goodness. Why don't you give a um give a Jeff Jarrett guitar shot to that subscribe button? <sighs> Am I fucking done plugging my asshole? Probably not. But I am for now. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all. So does Rock. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Big smooches. Big smooches, small smooches, medium smooches, all around. You want to say you want to say goodbye to the people, Rock? Come here. Come here. What you got to say to the people? Okay, it's weird to say I'm hard with a cat in my lap. I feel like that... that... I'm hard. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what hard is. Send you strong and proud of me. And I guess this gets started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it.